<laughs> All right. Welcome back to Spoiler Country Special Edition. Dun, dun. <laughs> dun, dun. And of course, we've gone over. You, there was four other episodes. So hopefully, you guys have checked out and enjoyed learning about the writers and the artists and the colorists and all that fun stuff and heard all the music that's associated with it. But today, it's another story, another artist, another writer, and a whole new yeah. song. Yeah. And this is for the story called The Black Hand. Yeah, this- Tell me all about it. This is it. a great story. This, tell me what you tell can. Me what, tell you what. Tell you all the stuff about it. Tell you everything. Yeah. Well, tell me what you can tell me about it because you don't want to ruin the story. I'll for tell me. you one thing that if, if you listen to at the end of all of these lovely little special episodes we have, we're going to have an even more a more special episode where you'll hear the background of Kenrick and I doing all of the uh, the voiceover work. <laughs> and this one specifically, <laughs> Kenrick, had, he messed up pronouncing the word Gallipoli. And uh, <laughs> Gallipoli. Yeah, that's and right. was, yeah. So, anyways, I can tell you it's pronounced Gallipoli in World War One. And uh, written by Travis Webb, pencils by Greg Warrenshack, inks by me, and colors by J.W. Sims. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but this is the only story that is an actual two-parter, where part one is in book one and part two is in book two. And oh, yeah. cool! And I, I'm comfortable. I haven't. I have as of recording this, I have not released this information, but I'll say it on here because I'm, I'm confident by the time this airs, it'll be public knowledge. Yeah. But um, Ron Randall did a print for us for this story. And I have had the privilege of seeing it, and it is fantastic. Yep, so that'll be available in the campaign. So if you go to einsanthology.com slash Kickstarter, or just go to Kickstarter and search for Eins, E-Y-N-E-S, you'll find it. You definitely want to go back because you're not going to want to miss this story in this book, and you definitely don't want to miss that print. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing, guys. You really need to check it yeah. out. So what's the song associated with this this today, this story today? The song is called Rhyme in the Flame by the Sky Giants off their album The Shifting of Phase World, and uh, it just... If you haven't heard of the Sky Giants, they're a local band to us here in Washington State, out of Tacoma. They're they're got a really good vibe to it. They sent me their they actually sent me their whole album to listen to, and it's it, it's it's pretty fantastic. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to hear it. I'm excited to hear the uh, the art the writers and the artists and everybody talk about this book or this story. And um, to we just get, get into, into it. it. Monsters are everywhere. They always have been. They lurk, hidden in every shadow, behind every dark thought. They are probably in your closet, possessing your friends, and they're almost certainly creeping behind you now. They are most often undetectable, and when they're not, it's too late. Throughout time, these monsters have feasted on society, both physically and metaphysically. The chaos they bring fuels a great dark spirit that seeks to end the world with pain and torment. The Ains are our only hope. The Ains family has been cursed since before recorded history to detect the presence of these monsters. It is their bound duty to stop these creatures from destroying humanity through any means necessary, be it by sword, spell, or other. Though the Ains can feel when the creatures are in close proximity, the monsters themselves are also drawn toward the family. But not everything is as it seems. And although the war between the monsters and the Ains has waged for centuries, the black and white battle lines have grayed over the years. Not all monsters may be considered evil. Not all Ains are as righteous as one would think. These are the tales of the Ains family. Visit AinsAnthology.com to find out more. Black Hand 
Written by Travis Webb. Pencils by Greg Warrenchak. Inks by John Horsley. Colors by J.W. Sims. Letters by Nikki Powers. World War I, Gallipoli. Irva Ines joins the King's Guard in search of a missing unit. Based on true events. So I'm here with Travis, who is the writer of the longest story in the Ions Anthology. <laughs> he uh, took up 16 pages, but the first eight pages will be in the first book. So Travis, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your story? Um, yeah, it's a uh, World War One horror comic because I was in the in a mood to have some horror comics and have some World War One going on. It's it's an interesting story. It's um I remember I had uh, I had already closed down the submissions for the book, but I I uh, a mutual friend Greg introduced us and he's like no 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 you gotta talk to Travis too and then we started chatting and then you came up with the idea for World War One with the, with with the zombies and stuff like that and I, I you know, men are not zombies they're ghouls right sorry, okay well <laughs> apologies they they <laughs> they look like zombies in the art to me okay sorry. <laughs> But no, it's it's a it's a fascinating story. That I, I the creation of the story was kind of cool because you you kept not being able to tell the story in the in the short amount of pages, right? <laughs> yeah, and then we got it cut down as close as I could get it. And you you and uh, somebody else were like, "Actually, can you make it 16? <laughs> I yeah. was like, oh, <laughs> "Yes, I can. No problem." Well, I remember you first sent over a was it a fourteen page draft, and then I was like, "Ah, oh, it's too long." And then you you pared it down to like ten or twelve, and then it was like, "Ah, oh, it's missing a bunch of stuff." And then we decided, you know what? Fuck it, let's just do a full sixteen, tell it in two halves, and then we'll we'll make it work because I don't want to have a story be cut short just because of a page constriction. Right, right. Well, I, I think I wrote it. I wrote twenty four pages initially because my brain's kind of set to that from writing comic books. <laughs> right, and then right. I, I cut it. I cut it down. I think to twenty two. And I think I sent it to you at 18 initially. And it was like, uh, something like if that. You yeah. Cut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're the editor. I'm like, if you want to tell me where to cut, that would be easier than me cutting at this point. I'll kill any baby you send to me. Like, <laughs> uh, we'll try. And I got it down to 12. I'm like, man, now it's starting to feel like there's, an, it's, there's something missing. And you're like, no, nah, I'll just make it 16. Yeah. Well, because at 16, we can do two things with it. We can split up in two books, is what you did. What we did, you know, for book one and book two. And then we could also take it and release it as its own solo book, too, because it's 16 pages, which, you know, is a, a decent size for a short comic, you know? Yep. Yeah. Works out great. It has a good spacer right in the middle there. As a great oh, yeah. Kind of the story where the, the atmosphere changes suddenly. It does. It does. So, what did you think of the way Greg drew it? Oh, yeah. It looks really good. It looks like uh, something drawn from World War. It looks kind of newsprinty. You know, like uh, like uh, old school four panel black the line work, especially it all looked very much era spe- era look specific. Yeah, Greg, uh, he did a he did a, good, a great job of capturing the aesthetics of that time period and like and translating what 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 I would see is like the the emotions and the 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 characters through the through the script into the into the pages, which is which was really awesome. Yeah, you should point out. I think there, the, we have two different Gregs though, because your audience might get confused. This is true. Greg uh, Warrenchak did the art. Greg Smith is a writer. He wrote a different story. Greg Warrenchak did the the the, uh, the pencils for the story. Right, and uh, both Gregs are great. Um, yeah, I was really impressed when I got to work. You know, I've worked with a couple of decent, really good, decent artists like Brett and stuff, and yeah, um, uh, Zach Fisher who does a lot of Wow stuff for for uh, Blizzard. And um, so when I got when I got Greg's work, I was I was just happy that he he didn't put a spin on it that was that over-modernized it. It looked right. like a comic you might've read 
from the horror days, like an old ECW. Yeah, it was great. And, you know, Greg, um, it was cool because this, this is actually the first story Greg has done where he didn't do his own inks. I did the inks for him. Mm-hmm. So this is the first time he's ever not done his own inks in a story. And it was like, for me, that was like, one, I want, I love inking stories. And two, I was like, well, if he's never had inks done before, he's going to, he's probably going to be hypercritical of the ink work that I do. But he actually, he, he said he rather enjoyed it. So I was, I was pretty happy that he, uh, he liked the ink work that I did over his pencils. Yeah. It's like I said, man, it's ECW all the way. There's a specific, uh, <laughs> uh, is it a full page spot there where it's just, it looks right off an ECW, you know, like a creep show cover. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that page was a lot of fun to ink. And Greg said he had a lot of fun drawing. He also drew, I don't know if I, I don't know if I sent it to you, um, but it'll be in the, the Kickstarter. But he also, he also drew a cover for the story as well. Oh, I haven't seen that yet. And it's pretty badass. I'll have to send it. I have I haven't inked it yet, but the it's pretty badass. I'll have to send it to you to see. Yeah, I think I think the other thing that's kind of nice about it is that it's you know it's a World War One comic, but I, I, we should probably point out that it's the Galopoli campaign. So they don't look like you would expect from World War One soldiers because we only really hear about the European theater. theater. Uh, there's not a lot of stories about the what happened in, in Galopoli. Uh, right. Know, right. And and it's a, it's based on a real story. It's based on a true story. So, you know, no, it, the, I didn't know that it is. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, uh, it's basically the story. Oh, man, sorry, I wrote this a while ago, and I write a lot of stories. So uh, yeah, it was written over a year ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it, you know, basically the King's Gardener, which is the, the specific type of World War One unit, where everybody in the unit gets put in the unit together because they know each other from a region or from a space, and these guys were the like the North something like the scottish castles for the king's gardeners and they all came in together and they had all grown up together and knew each other and their their uh their unit went down to galopoli marched into some fog and vanished and was never seen again oh cool this is like your take on what happened afterwards right right so what i did is i took some real history and said okay well you know let's let's do some x files here right let's let's say there's you know um Oh, forgive me. I just forgot the main character's name that I wrote. <laughs> you named him. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I believe it's Jack. Is it Jack? No, no, no. 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 Oh, I should, know, I should yeah. know this. Oh, I, yeah, I can look real, podcast. I can look real quick and edit that, edit all that crap, all that out. <laughs> there you go. Sounds great. Sounds great. But you know, he goes. He, you know, he's the. Uh, is the it James? Is, no, it's not James. James. James is a is a soldier at the end. No, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, spoilers. No, anyways. Um, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll cut that out too. <laughs> you should beep that just to be funny. Um, just beep it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, he he's down there and he's doing it as a favor to the king because that you know, as you as we learned from Lion's family, they've been battling demons and the other worlds for generations. So you know, they're underground, almost like an early version of the uh, of uh, like Irva. His name's Irva. Irva, thank you. Yes, I should know this. Uh, yes, okay, there we go. Yes, it's a unique name too. Anyways, Irva's, um, the, you know, the family's been doing this for years. So having the king send him the note asking him to investigate what happened to his gardeners, it's a fairly realistic take of the uh, the the mythos you've created with the Ein's right. anthology and a real life historical event that that family could tie into. Which is which is a cool concept. Which it's you know the tying to tying into history gives you such a great aspect of making it have a little a little bit more realistic uh, feel to it, even though it's doing with you know monsters and the occult and stuff. But I mean, it grew grounded a little bit in reality by doing that, which is 
which is cool. It's it's funny because I should never I should not have forgotten the name Irva for this character because that's actually my uncle's middle name. That's where I got that name from. <laughs> nice. But uh but no, yeah, well, it's, think, it's 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 cool good. that you wrapped it in like that. Yeah, uh, well, historically, I mean, I spent I spent more time researching and learning about Galopoli and watching a movie with Mel Gibson yeah. and like reading countless articles. And then I actually sent I don't know if I told you this, but you know, I, I do a lot of uh, doctoring, um, right. um, screen screen doctoring. That's how that's how Greg knows me. He's worked in Hollywood over the years yeah. and stuff. And um, and so when I run into things, I have people, the friends that are like such um, a lot of times in like you know finding ways to make people talk a certain ways that work with actors. So I actually sent it to a friend of mine who I can't say who it is, but they're an right. expert in, in language. I said, I need, I need everyone in my comic. I need to write them. So their dialogue feels natural for the era. Right. You know, and that, that that's took, cool. That was like 10 different emails back and forth. So that they, <laughs> because the other thing is, is, uh, you know, do Doughboy, which is the common reference we think of in America. That's an that's a reference to American soldiers in World War One. Right. And these are British and Australian soldiers, so we couldn't use Doughboy. We had to use the correct terminology, which I believe is right. Tommy. Yeah, Tommies. Yep. Yeah. So they're a bunch of Tommies, Tommy guns. So. Which is cool because I, I mean, like I said you you also when you when you when you sent the script over me over to me, you also sent over this giant appendix of all like notes and like background information and extra information yeah. which made for for greg to draw it and then for me to ink it to make sure i had the right kind of like you know textures and stuff and what also helps the colorist out it, it doing that extra work was insane because not, not a lot of writers send over giant appendixes as well as their scripts <laughs> 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 just saying <laughs> I do, oh my new series man i sent that over to my publisher for my for my other series that's coming out pictures of a drive-in theater pictures of a neighborhood pictures of a house pictures of a car <laughs> he's just like are you kidding me i'm like you gotta get it exactly right man it's got to get this feel i actually sent you if i remember correctly i took the time to find actual photos of the field where they disappeared yep. if i remember correctly yep. you did photos of the field photos of the uniforms that are appropriate for the time period stuff like that all, all that stuff was greg was like wow this is super helpful <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i just wanted to give you something really great that you know really could shine in in the series and and really tie that ends eins am i saying that right eins yeah, Eins, yeah. Like I, I with an like eyes with an N in it. Eins. Yeah, you like that your writer can't even pronounce the, the family for your <laughs> It's okay. I've do you have no many times how how many times I misspell it when I type it out? I'll, I'll put the E in the wrong spot. I'm like, God damn it, it's not how you spell my own story name. <laughs> oh, oh, I, all day long. So when you ghostwrite or you do doctoring, there are so many things that uh, I never meet the people that create the things. They just send me something, yeah. I'll fix it. And I right. look at the names right. But my favorite story ever is uh, uh, did you ever read Elf Quest back in the day? Oh yeah. So uh, I ended up becoming kind of friends with Richard and Wendy, and oh, I nice. finally asked nice. if it's how to how to pronounce Cutter's wife's name. Mm -hmm. And you know what's funny about that? What's that? She told me Wendy told me how to pronounce her name, and I forgot already to pronounce <laughs> it wrong. I'm not going to do it on your podcast. Oh man! <laughs> what's funny is there's names on like there's there's names in the Ein's books of characters I create that I created the characters for and made names for that I'm not hundred percent sure how to pronounce because they're like old English names or old Irish names that I found looking at doing, doing research for the time periods where I'm like, this is a cool name. I don't know how to say it, but this is a cool name. <laughs> <laughs> Let the reader enjoy it. Right. They can, they can, they can, they can figure out however they, they can pronounce however they want to pronounce it in their head. That's fine with me. <laughs>
Yeah, you were going to create that generation of kids that where they they learn words from books, and the first time they say it out loud, everyone laughs at them. They're yeah, like, nuclear. Right, <laughs> nuclear. You know what? That's okay. If, if you first le- learned a word by reading a book, that's fine. <laughs> it's yeah. better than not. It's better than you know not learning words and sticking to a small vocabulary. So, I agree. Well, Travis, I one I want to say thank you for your story for the book. I mean, I'm sure the readers will love it. I loved it. Everybody who's read it, because I made what I did is I made up a I, I've done a temp page for it before the launch of the Kickstarter to to share it around, and everybody who's read it has loved it. All the previews, so I'm hoping the readers who buy the book love it as well, because um, it's it's a great story, and I can't wait to publish issue two and have the, the you know have the 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 story end for everybody and the finalized finalization of it get out there. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of excited to see it too. I, I almost, you know, as you can tell, I've forgotten most of it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the joy of creating stories. Like you can, every time you when you reread them a year later, it's like reading a new story because I forget yeah. everything. I forget everything I write probably three weeks after I write it. So oh, it's 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 terrible. It's, <laughs> hey, you wrote it. Somebody quotes something to you, and you're like, "That's a really good quote. Uh, you wrote it. Oh, oh, I did. Oh, <laughs> oh I did. Yeah." Ugh. I can't tell you how many, how many stories I have people like when I was doing web comics, I did web comics for 13, 14 years. People would come back to me and talk to me about short storylines that I did in the, in the series from like six years ago. And I'm like, I don't remember writing any of that shit. <laughs> that's really good. Yeah. I think that's that was awesome. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, that was me. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, Travis, thank you so much for joining me today. And um, I look forward to working with you again in the future. Awesome, man. I hope to get to write something again soon. with greg greg you did a, a great job drawing one of the stories for me for this book uh, my first question though and is uh who are you and where are you from i am a freelance comic artist from ottawa canada uh our frozen nature uh, nation's capital that's where i'm from and uh yeah i was a uh, working in animation originally in my uh, artistic career and then about 10 years ago i decided to focus on uh, comics full-time so i have I'm a freelancer at this point, and I'm continuing to do so. That's working out pretty well for you, I think. Well, I've been you lucky see. to be busy the last few years, and uh, I am slowly, slowly building a uh, a uh, fan base. So uh, it's getting a little easier as time goes on. Yeah, I, I, all I know is the story you did for me. Uh, the people I've shown it to have have loved the the panel direction and the the, the direction of the art that you did on that one. So it's gotten a lot of good responses from people I've shown that story to. Well, that's very kind. I, uh, I I pride myself on focusing on storytelling first, and then I'm trying to refine my uh, my techniques and uh, my renderings uh, alongside of that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun for this story. I actually um, got to ink over your your pencils, which was uh, which was fun for me because you draw in a style that I don't draw in. So inking uh, over that for for me was a lot of fun because you draw very clean, and I don't draw very clean. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good way to to summarize my style. It's it's very clean, uh, with a, a emphasis on uh, uh, 
shading and air i like i like to indicate where the shading will go but i'd like to leave a little a lot of room for the inker to interpret as well so i i think that's why it works out well when we you were working over the pencils i had a lot of fun too because you left me a lot of room to interpret where to put blacks and where not to put blacks and i felt like when i was inking it um you gave me direction with your pencils but i also had a lot of decision making process to figure out okay do I want more blocks? Do I want less blocks here? And it was, it was it actually, it was a lot of fun to ink those pages. And I, I really enjoyed it. Well, that's very kind of you. I think for that project, uh, we had decided that I would do more layouts than uh, super tight pencils. So you would see, I think that if we collaborate again in the future, and if I had more, uh, more uh, emphasis on my side with the pencils, I would probably put in a lot more, uh, for you to work with, as opposed to leaving a little bit more for your interpretation. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely they were they were very loose, which was nice. And I, I would happily work with you again on something where it's it, on that because it was a lot. Again, I uh, I like doing the ink because I got to I got to really you know really uh, express my brush skills and use a, I used I used a brush for pretty much everything I inked except for some really tiny lines. I used a um, a micron pen, but everything else yeah. on the, all the pages I did was all with a brush, which was a lot of fun to do. Nice, nice. So I want to ask you about the story. Um, what was your impression of the script when you when you read the script and started drawing the pages? It's cool you say that. Um, you mentioned it's like a movie script because the guy who wrote it, Travis, actually writes movie scripts. So it makes sense that it reads that way uh, just because of his his history of what he's done in his past as well, you know. So it makes sense. And it, I felt the same when I read it that it was very much very much followed a, a, a building plot and a, a building arc with, the, with, with cinematic, you know, kind of overtones. And I kind of felt this one could easily become like a short cartoon or a short movie. <laughs> Nice, nice. So what was your process of creating the art and the looks and the designs for the characters and for this story? Well, I, I do believe that there was uh, solid descriptions in the script. So I was able to just come up with some uh, character designs first, which I do believe uh, you signed off on before I went too far. And yeah, uh, yeah. Once I had, yeah, and then once I had my my characters figured out, uh, usually the way I work is I uh, do very small uh, thumbnails about uh, I can't, about two inches by uh, four inches, something like that. I do thumbnails to figure out the layout of a page, and then I blow it up, uh, blow it up, and then print it out using that as the basis, my skeleton that I could do my uh, pencils on top of that. Nice. I noticed it was funny, um, just thinking back to when I first found you online and asked you about this project and working with me on this and another project, I completely thought everything you did was digital because the lines were so crisp and so clean and when you, on the stuff that you inked yourself. And I was really surprised when you told me, you sent me the panel of the pencils, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I do. you work traditionally and and then and then scan it in. And um, just that level of, 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 of control over your lines was really cool, too. Um, yeah. Uh, what what do you have working on now? Like, what else are you working on that's coming out soon? 
Well, I'm doing a, a series for a, a client, although I have not seen, I don't know if they've been published as yet. It's called The Blue Terror. And uh, he has, I've, I've done multiple, multiple issues for him. It's a superhero series with a uh, decidedly Bronze Age feel. It's really, really excellent. Nice. However, like I said, <laughs> I've done maybe 10 to 15 issues worth of material for him with <laughs> one which is supposed to come next week, a new script next week. However, I have not seen any, any evidence that these books are being published in the near future. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess maybe he's sitting on them, and one day he'll release a a graphic a graphic novel or something. I don't know, but uh, you know, he just keeps asking me to do the stories, so I'll keep doing them. Maybe he wants them for his own personal edification and or, or joy of having it. Doesn't want to release them. I don't know. That's that's kind of funny though. I mean, I, I often wonder if people do that. If people write scripts and have them do finished comic books and just never release them because for whatever reason, you know. That's cool. Well, it could be a case where he's not happy with what's being published, so he cre- came up with his own concept, and by having somebody do it for him, it lives as a comic that he can appreciate, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a... Uh, if people wanted to find you online, where can they find you? Where can they find to see your other works and the work that you do? Well, if they would Google Greg Waronchak, my name, they would find me all over the place. <laughs> However, they can also... <laughs> They could Google me at Indie Planet or Comixology. I have a, a bunch of titles that are available there, and uh, I did do my. I, I did a fresh uh, site today. However, the URL is kind of long, but uh, I could I could give you that separately. And if you ever wanted to uh, to have that uh, visible, uh, I have my new site done today. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll link out to that um, for everyone to find out. Because on the Ein's Anthology webpage, there's a, a creator page for everybody. And so you have one there that, that will link out to any kind of uh, any kind of other work you've had. So people could, people like your story that you drew, they can go out and find you somewhere else, too. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, Greg, I appreciate your time today. And I appreciate you, one, working on the book. And technically, you're in the first two books because you're, the story you drew is split into two halves. So you're going to be in this book and the next book. Um, okay. And I, I hope to work with you again in the future. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, John. story the black hand can you tell me a little bit about it and and what you did for it yeah it's so the black hand written by travis webb pencils by greg warren check inks by myself <clears throat> excuse me yeah i am sick i am sorry uh inks by me and uh colors by jw sims who also did the colors on something borrowed for us but i did the inks in this one mostly because i wanted to ink over greg's pencils and um so I think Greg's a fantastic artist, and I wanted to ink his pencils. So it's really it's it's a it's a World War One story that takes place with a character named Irva Eines that goes over to Gallipoli during World War One to a, a British regiment, a British unit, and um, they basically. I mean, Travis talks about it right in his in his thing with me on the same. You probably already, you've already heard that by now, but uh, 
basically a unit gets lost. It's, this, it's based on a true story where a unit gets lost somewhere during the war and they have to go find it. And the story like, kind of takes that and gives it a supernatural monstery twist. And um, Travis is a very, does a very good job of pacing the story. And then Greg came in and did the artwork for it. And he did a very good job of like pacing the art through the story to make the, the panel just build up on you and get to this point where it's like, it's really intense and it's building and like you're in the, the heat of this battle. And, and then I came into the inks on and, and uh, well, I can think of it was hopefully I did it all justice for myself um, because I don't ink the same way Greg inks. I ink a little bit heavier handed than he does. And I think it came out pretty cool because I did some more, I laid down some harsher blocks and Greg would have done on his own stuff. And um, it was a lot of fun. I had so much fun inking the story. And this story actually is a two-parter. It's the only true two-part story we have so far where the first eight pages is in book one and the second eight pages is in book two. And it ends, the story ends on a big cliffhanger where you're like, oh my God, what happened? And then it picks right back up in, 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 uh, in book two with the rest of the story. And it's, it, it's fantastic. And, and I'm, uh, I, I know, I love, I love the story. It was, it was a lot of fun to work on. Yeah, yeah. Greg's pencils, his art style for that story just really plays well with uh, Travis Webb's um, storytelling because the the subject matter is so serious and i mean it is something that that actually happened for the most part um and uh but but greg's pencil work and, and your inks on top of it um lend a, a different feel to it that kind of the dichotomy to, between the two make it even more uh kind of terrifying um the uh the pencils kind of made me think of uh like the Tintin comics right with right. that kind of a cartoony feel and exactly. uh your i thought i thought your inks went really really well with that and uh man that that story by travis it was uh it's killer it really is it is too and i'm, I'm happy to now say that like that story, I challenged myself because I've, you know, I've, I've inked before. I've inked pages for people before and I've inked my own stuff before. But that one, I forced myself to do 99% of the inks with a brush. So I didn't want to use like a pen. I used a pen on some of the really fine lines that I couldn't, I couldn't use a brush. Right, but like 99% of that story was done with a brush pen or just a dip brush. Um, so I was really like testing myself on those lines. It was There was times where it wasn't easy because uh, I, I, you know, well, I've used brush a lot of times when you force yourself to only use the brush you i mean when you use a brush you can do some really cool stuff with it but you uh you have to make sure you're precise on it and uh, it was challenging but i i you know i i like challenging myself as well that's why i do stuff like that yeah yeah and it i mean the proof is in the pudding it was it was um a challenge well met and you did a great job on it and it shows Thank you. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. I can't wait to get this one out there and then work on it. I saw, I have, I have not inked the second half yet of the story. I still have to do that for their book too, but I can't wait to dive into those inks. The hell are you doing talking to me then? I don't know. I mean, I, I got nothing else to do. I might as well be inking that right now. <laughs> I'm not getting over the flu, running a Kickstarter, working a full-time oh, job, trying to buy a house, raising five kids, recording podcasts. I don't know. I'm doing nothing. Not at all. I know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, 
yeah, I can't wait to get this book out. And that, I mean, it's the, correct me if I'm wrong. The first half is in this book and then the second half will be in book two. So that's right. Uh, they, um, the people that get this book in the Kickstarter, they're going to have something to look forward to with book two and not to kind of give anything away, but I mean, the first half of the story is incredible enough as it is. Uh, once they get to the, uh, to book two, it's, um, it really is something. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and say this on this because I'm pretty sure this is going to air after we announce this on the Kickstarter, but if not, then here's something special for people to listen. We actually have a pinup for this story by Ron Randall. That is fan fucking tastic. It really is. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's bonkers. And we're going to use that and it's going to be amazing and you're going to love it. And no, I'm not going to give away the or sell the original art for that. Cause I'm, I'm keeping that for myself. It's going to be on my wall, <laughs> <laughs> but that'll be awesome. And uh, man, Ron, he seems like a really good guy too. You guys have, have talked to him like twice. Yeah. Two or three times, uh, three times, twice, two full episodes with him. And then uh, once on a jet city episode, we had interviewed him again. Ron's a great guy. He has a great comic called Trekker. If you haven't heard of it, go check it out. It's about Mercy St. Clair. And it's, it's a sci-fi adventure, Western awesome. I mean, it's not really a Western, but there's times where it's like on a Western planet, you know, but it's a uh, Ron, Ron tells fantastic stories and he draws amazing. I, I, I knew Trekker as a kid because my dad liked it and I read it a little bit as a kid, but I didn't really, I'm mean, like, Oh, it's my dad's comic. It's an old guy, whatever. Um, Ron, Ron's not an old guy. We was back then, but you know, my dad is an old guy. And um, I found it again a couple of years ago. Uh, and then I found Ron, Ron doing a Kickstarter and I backed his Kickstarter for Chapel Town. And it's amazing. It's just, it's such a great story that now I'm going back and reading all the old ones again. And it's, it's a really, I mean, if you like good sci-fi, if you like good stories, it's, it's, it's amazing. And what was his impetus for, um, for uh, using that as his pinup, the, uh, the black hand story for his pinup? That, that's a good okay. question because what I did is I sent him a copy of the preview book, the full preview book. Um, not the one that's on the press page, but we have an actual preview that has like almost, it's almost complete. I sent her a copy of that. And I said, here, find a story that speaks to you and draw something. And he, he chose that one. That is awesome. Yeah. I mean, if, if I were Travis and Greg, I would be pretty stoked about that too. Oh yeah. Travis is, Travis was, I showed Travis that today and he was like, Oh my God, this is, this is so great. I'm, I'm <laughs> crying. This is awesome. <laughs> well, um, is there anything else we need to talk about uh, concerning the black hand? Uh, just that it's an amazing story. It has a second part and, and there may be more Irva Ains in the future. I'll, I'll say that there might be, there might not be. I can't tell oh, you that. Really? Yeah. It, it's, it's a chance. It's a chance. Can you hear me? Yeah. Awesome. Oh, shoot. That's way better. I was about to yeah. try and do my best Robert Plant impersonation. <laughs> that terrible. You know, I, I, I think <laughs> it's when I, when I use the tablet because the way it, I don't know how it, like the speakers and the microphone, that it's like looping back through. I was about to run to the basement and grab my guitar and start uh, doing a whole lot of love, man. <laughs> My um, my eight-year-old discovered uh, Led Zeppelin a few weeks ago on the way home from ballet, and she was just. We walked into the door 
uh, when we got home. Yeah. And uh, she, she like kicked in the door with her little ballet slipper and went, <laughs> went ow. <laughs> my wife was like, what are you doing to my child? <laughs> Never been more proud as a father. <laughs> so, um, okay. So uh, you are uh, the colorist on um, – another story in the Ainz, uh in the Ainz book. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Oh uh, yeah. Um, it's black hand. Um, and uh, I'm just really starting to get in into working on it, but um, it's, uh, I guess it takes place in um, 1915. Um, it's kind of like, a, a, I don't know how to set it up, but it's like a, uh, almost like a war type setting story. And from what, you know, I've just read it really quickly. So like I said, I just got to work um, this weekend and uh, it looks, um, it's a two-parter. So I guess it'll be eight pages. in. So the, the black hand is set in 1915. Yes. Yes. Um, And it's, I, I guess like, because there isn't a whole lot, like, as the, you know, colorist, I don't get, you know, the whole idea of what's going on. So just from when I read the script, I'm not sure, you know, this group looks like they're, you know, like a group of military guys from, says, the Great War. Um, and they come upon a, a farmhouse and some things happen. And it unlike the other story, which was, um, you know, college girls and it was something supernatural. This appears to be almost like a zombie type story, which we don't find out till like the end of part one. But, um, and I don't know if you've yeah. gotten to read the, the second part, but Oh my gosh, all no, hell breaks I loose. I, I only have the first eight pages. So, Oh um, my gosh. I don't it's... know. What oh yeah. Yeah, I don't think I have the second part. Oh, I guess I do have part two. I haven't read that. Part yet, but <laughs> Man, because I don't have the page. So oh, I, you know, yeah, I, I didn't really read on. So, and that art is some yeah. of my favorite in in the series. Um, the uh, the very clean lines and just um, it it almost made me think of Tintin. Yeah, the way they illustrated yeah, it. I can see that. And yeah, um, just a very simple line art too. It's not. I know there's not a whole lot of uh, uh, stuff going on. It's not a busy line art at all. You know what I mean? It's just pretty straightforward. So. Uh, yeah, very simple, clean line art. And um, it's uh, set in World War One, which I am a huge uh, history buff. So it's yeah. always fun to see stuff like that. Um did you have any uh do you think you'll have any challenges with that art style? Um no, it's it's just more like cuz when I color things, I try to find a color style that kind of fits with the line art. So this is going to be just from looking at it, I can tell already it's going to be a much more um saturated or you know, it's going to be very dulled colors, you know what I mean? It's not going to be a really bright um Thinking kind of like uh trying to think of his name. My brain just fraud. Um I can't even think of his name now. But 
Um, he he uh, did the recent Scarlet uh, miniseries with uh, Bendis in DC. Oh yeah, um, yeah. His his style, like you know, he has a very like kind of sketchy art style, and he does all of his own art. Like he draws it, inks it, colors it. So it's, I think it's gonna. I'm gonna probably go with a, a coloring style, sort of like that, where it's just very subdued, not a whole lot of bright colors. Oh yeah, yeah. Alex Maliev, would that be? Yeah, Alex. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, um, man, I I don't want to keep you any any longer than uh than we need to here. Um, you uh. I appreciate you coming in last minute to do this interview. I completely forgot that you were also doing the art for the uh, black hand. So I can't wait to see those finished pages because it's probably one of my favorite stories in the book. And actually I have a story in the book myself and there's so many other stories in the book where I'm like, Oh my gosh, I wish I would have thought of that. I wish I would have gone down that road, but, uh, <laughs> and I'm not at all knocking my work or, or the work that my artist did because I, I tend to think I'm pretty rad. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, 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 when I see good stuff, I, I will recognize good stuff and that's some good stuff. So yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the book completed for sure. Yeah. And, Again, I'm I'm excited that we're uh we're getting to work with you again and I'm sure that we will be working with you in book two if you aren't already tired of our bullshit. <laughs> you want another interview? What the hell, man? <laughs> I know I have at least two more after this. Well, I have the second, you know, both parts of this to do and one other that's coming eventually. So that's awesome. at least what I'm signed up for for now, and we'll see what happens in the future after that. Well, well John W. Sims, thank you again, and uh, again, go ahead and tell people about your um, your website. So if they yeah, want to uh, see some of your work, yeah, hooliganallycomics dot com, and it's you can go in there. I, some of the stuff hasn't been updated for a while because I just. Try to you know do it all myself, but uh, my artwork's on there. Some of my um, stuff that you can buy, and then all of our comics. We right now we have four titles that are available um, by different, of course, different creators and things. Um, but also uh, one of our books, Project Thirty Four, issue number one is free for digital download on there. If you just uh, go to the link, and um, you should be able to download it for free. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, again, thanks. Thanks for, uh, talking to us and, uh, we will be ending the Kickstarter in two weeks on March 5th, which is my birthday. And also my son on track to do it. So. Yeah. It's also my, my oldest son's birthday, March 5th. So must Ooh, be for a real? <laughs> he must be a pretty rad dude. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, John W. Sims, thank you again, and uh, have a good one, man. Thank you. You have a good day, too. Goodbye.